Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, Locked on Spartans Nation? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of, yeah, the show I just said, Locked on Spartans, your team every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, this will be the third and probably final time I'll make this announcement. I'm sure that you guys are already tired of hearing about it, but if you didn't already know by now, we're on YouTube now. So yeah, go check us out, Locked on Spartans at YouTube. Uh, please subscribe if you do so. And if you're already watching on YouTube, well, hey, thanks a lot for uh, giving this little experiment a try. If you want to stay as far away from my face and looking at me on camera as possible, good news for you. We're still going to be on all the podcasting platforms for as long as humanly possible or until they kick me off or not whatever happens first. Uh, who's to say? On today's show, we got a fun one here today. Uh, we're going to take a scary hypothetical look at what a Michigan State versus Michigan Final Four would look like. And then we're also going to dip into Mel Tucker's quotes during media availability today and then answer two mailbag questions. One is about instant impact transfers and the other one is about natural grass versus turf on Spartan Stadium's field. But before getting to either of those two things, just need you to ask, or sorry, need to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And number two, if you have any questions and boy howdy, these days with neither sports going on, Questions uh, will be answered at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. So let's get into it. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, this this Duke-North Carolina hoopla had me thinking. It's had me thinking for a little bit here, but now, now I'm finally brave enough to let my mind fully immerse myself into this hypothetical here of what would happen if MSU and Michigan both faced each other in a final four. Um, it would be the worst week of my entire life. Uh, no question about it. I know that everyone's having fun and like, uh, you know, the whole media uh, contingent is very happy with this Duke, North Carolina meeting. And that's not, it's not a dig. Like it, it's going to be very fun. Probably for everyone except Duke and North Carolina fans. Like it, it would be, I'll say it. It'd be terrible if Michigan state and Michigan ever met up in a final four. Uh, I would probably have two meals tops the entire week. Uh, I would just probably just live out of my car in the driveway because for two reasons, like I wouldn't want, well, my family, my wife and child to see me like this. And quite frank, I don't think that they would even want to be around me as I'm just you know, never retaining any information that they say to me. Uh, I just have thousand yard stairs all day. I'm just super flinchy. I just soaked in cinnamon whiskey all week, but yeah, it would, it'd be terrible. And this is how else it would go. So the games end Saturday or Sunday, whenever Michigan and Michigan State get in the Final Four, and uh, it'd be exciting, no, no doubt about it. It'd be a little exciting. Okay, hey, Tom Izzo, ninth Final Four, that, that's great. But there'd be something else in the air. It'd be a little bit of nerves, like, oh, my God, this is the biggest game probably in either sport that these two teams have ever played against each other. And you just sit there silently to yourself, just stewing over it, probably not sleeping at all Saturday night, not at all Sunday night. And then this is what happens on Monday. 
whether you're watching like your local morning show with your, uh, you know, hokey news anchors, or you're talking to like a family member or a friend that actually has a healthy relationship with sports and it doesn't just consume their life and, you know, make them a sick person. Like, no, they, they watch it, but their life doesn't depend on it. Like it does you and I, and then they'll say some kitschy hokey BS like, Oh, (laughs) Hey, well, how, how fun's this? Michigan and Michigan State are both in the final four. Oh, I bet you're going to have fun with that one. And then that's where we start to crack. Because uh, that can go either one of two ways. One, you'll either play along with them and through gritted teeth, like tell your boss, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's going to be really fun for the state. You can't wait. Uh, go green. like or Or you just really let them know that, no, this is going to turn you into the joker here uh, by maybe Wednesday. Because... Listen, I go back to the football season where a top 10 matchup, undefeated matchup at Spartan Stadium happens between the Spartans and the Wolverines, a game that Michigan State won, by the way, in case anyone forgot. But that week, and listen, I'm I'm on Twitter all the time, 24-7. You might know me from there, or I'm sure if you're on Facebook, uh, there's some trash talk going on there, the message boards, or even, hey, maybe you got some coworkers or your friends, your group chats. All I know is that where where I spent a lot of my time, it was very silent for the first like half of the week because both fan bases were very nervous. They knew how much Saturday was going to hurt uh, should either team lose, and both were pretty confident about their teams, but pretty scared about the other one too. I think that's how it would play out here if these two teams ever met in the Final Four. We would get probably silence on Monday, silence on Tuesday, and then bleeding into Wednesday – Something would be said at a press conference. Like, Izzo would just say something trivial, like, oh, I'm thrilled to be going back to another Final Four. And then Michigan fans would say something along the lines of, like, oh, why? So he could come up short and not win a title again. And then MSU fans would bark back and be like, hey, uh, for the heads up, Tom's got more Final Fours in his 23 years here than you guys have Sweet 16s uh, in that same time span. So please pipe down. And then they come back and saying some BS, like, oh, middle Tennessee state. Da, da, da. And then we'd come back being like, Oh, remember when John Beeline left your school to call a bunch of NBA players thugs. And then it would just Wednesdays when it would start getting nasty, right? Like it would just be one spark. And that would like the whole bale of hay on fire. And it would just be absolutely crazy. Thursday things start probably getting a little personal online or, you know, in the group chats and your friend groups. And, uh, you start looking up those like shipping services that mail unlabeled animal manure to people's houses. Like they're getting a 600% raise in uh, revenue. <laughs> That's not probably bad for them. Uh, Google searches of how to purchase and mail anthrax without getting caught probably takes an uptick in the state as well. Black Friday rolls around. And for the fans traveling here, uh, it's going to be fun, but so kind of dangerous. As I imagine, like Memphis Airport, for example, catches a record number of planes that have to emergency land there because there's just too many fights breaking out on the plane 30,000 feet above sea level, and they just got to get that bird on the ground. They don't even make it to New Orleans. Or at home, it, it, all those fun people that were saying, like, oh, hey, this will be fun. Oh, Sparty versus the Wolverines. Oh, how fun could that be for it? They're starting to look concerned now because after five days of talking to people, the, the cracks are starting to come here at the foundation of the state, and uh, they're locked up inside, afraid to step out. Uh, their neighbors' cars are just on fire out of nowhere. Tornado sirens are sounding for no reason, probably. And uh, yeah, there's probably a GoFundMe set up in each fan base's name to just collect money for bail 
uh, by Friday. And then Saturday rolls around. And after 16 minutes of sleep, I wake up crying and shaking. And uh, the tires, I could hear them squeal in my driveway as you know my now ex-wife goes off with her new boyfriend that is so far connected from sports. He doesn't even know what a bracket is probably, right? And I, I black out most of Saturday, the, the day of the game. And not even just from drinking, just because mental overload, right? Like, I, I, I cannot contain what's about to happen. I'm just drunk off my own anxiety, my own emotions. And then maybe about four o'clock, like I actually start getting like actually drunk. Um, and we all know what's going to happen in that first game, right? Because Michigan, Michigan state would be the nightcap. That, that Kansas Villanova game would probably go four overtimes minimum, just to prolong the angst, prolong the pain of the game just finally starting. And then the game starts. Uh, I come to my senses after a hours long cinnamon whiskey haze, and I, I, I wake up just in time to see AJ Hogard burn Michigan on a pick and roll as time expires for a Michigan State thirty-eight, Michigan thirty-seven victory. That's right. Um, I probably lose my job by Sunday just by going crazy online and saying things that I can't take back, win or lose, but probably win. Who's to say? Um. I don't see my family ever again. And uh, yeah, that's how it happens. I think that's how it would happen if Michigan State and Michigan ever met up in a Final Four. And this can't be fun for Duke or UNC. There's way too much at stake. The winner, the winning team, like, listen, I, I, I was floating, floating for days, if not weeks, after the Michigan-Michigan State football game this year. And while it was a historic game, a game that might never be replicated as far as hype going into it, stature going into it and out of it. It was still a regular season game and this would be a final four game. And listen, final fours are always to be cherished, always to be celebrated. There's a reason we celebrate all eight of Izzo's, but man, let's say North Carolina loses this Saturday. You think any of their fans are wearing 2022 new Orleans final four shirts for the rest of their lives? Like, no, those, those, Let's go to the trash. That's not one you want to remember. Like this is stakes are high, man. And I do not envy North Carolina or Duke fans. Um, Cause this would suck. And the fact that you got to wait a week between your last game to play in the final four, like, no, thanks. No, I would be a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, I would. Uh, so yeah. Hey, uh, to all North Carolina fans listening to all Duke fans listening. I know there's probably maybe a collective three of you that are listening to this podcast right now. Uh, hey, good luck. Go get them. And if you want to get in on the action for Duke, North Carolina, may I interest you in some stat hero action, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, my, my bracket is a c- complete – no, no. I would say complete shambles, but that's being – that's that's not being nice to the word shambles. It, it's gone horrible. But thank God for stat hero because their single-game pickums pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from all those handicappers that always seem to have – the advantage. Start focusing on players that you know best with a gameplay that does not rely on big spreads, one odds, funky props, because Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Well, it's because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. And in addition to their pick'em games, they have dozens of lineups that you can comb through and take on head-to-head. They post their set of players. You pick your set of players individually. Bada beam, bada boom. It's the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. They'll have you playing in minutes, and it is the way Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So, gang, 
Sign up for free right now, stathero.com slash locked on, and use promo code locked on for a 100% match. That's right, that's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for a 100% match. One more time, stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions apply. And as I take a nice swig of H2O. Hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, we're, we're back to Mondays with Mel for the time being as spring practice is rolling. And uh, yeah, Mel Tucker, of course, met with the, uh, the the fine members of the Michigan State media, and he laid out some quotes. Now, did he say a ton? No, but this time around, like there was actually some things that we could pick apart here and actually then maybe arch an eyebrow maybe even two eyebrows at, uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. So the five quotes I just wanted to pick out here and kind of riff on, we'll start with this right now. I kind of just stole all these off Twitter, whether it be Matt Charbonneau, uh, Colton Pouncey, um, I'm sorry, Chris Solari, uh, or Stephen Brooks, for example. I, I just ripped a few of the quotes off that he shared with the media here. So just want to give credit to those fine reporters as well for giving us the material to read off right here. Um, Tucker said the, the spring players understand better what is expected while the coaches know the players better as well. So what he means by that is that this is actually, and you know, I forgot this for a second, that this is the second, only the second full spring ball that Mel Tucker has gotten with his team. Of course, we all know infamously how he came in so late and also so close to COVID, more unfortunately. Never really had a chance to meet these guys. He was still introducing himself in the sidelines in the week three game in his first year. And so this is the first, or sorry, the second full spring practice. So last year, a lot of these players, whether it be veterans like, you know, Jaden Reed, uh, Xavier Henderson, Peyton Thorne, or, you know, some newcomers, some transfers like Jarrett Horst, uh, Tank Brown. I'm just throwing out examples of names. Last year was the learning experience of what to expect in spring ball. And now that they know what to expect, it, you, you hit the ground even more, you know, hard this time around. It's probably more clean, more concise. So that's great. Uh, Tucker said no player or group stood out in the scrimmage that they had over the weekend and said, quote, it was good work overall. And also did add that the offensive line is a little shorthanded as well. He made addition to Matt Carrick's ACL injury that he's still getting over. So kind of uh, light on the offensive lineman. I believe Brian Green, the transfer as well, is not on campus yet. I'm about 87% sure that that's true. If not, then I apologize. But nonetheless, working with kind of a, a tattered offensive line right now and a classic talker to say like no player or group stood out during the scrimmage. He'll never say anything about scrimmages and that's fine with me. I'm, I'm all for secrecy. I'd say, okay, let's just leave it up to the imagination. Uh, and while he said that, you know, no certain players stood out in the scrimmage per se, he was asked about the running back race. And that's obviously a question that you want to ask. Uh, a, because Kenneth Walker just left. That's a pretty big hole. And B, uh, whew, yeah, that's that's a big hole for a reason because we saw what happened last year when Kenneth Walker was not in the game. And that was a very clear sign that we're going to need to see something out of Jarek Broussard, uh, out of Jalen Berger, out of uh, Eli Collins, Jordan Simmons, Harold Joyner, or, or and I'm going on my, my second hand right now as I'm about to name the sixth guy, Davion Prim. Yes, Davion Prim uh, got actually a nod from Mel Tucker. It was actually Jay Johnson that brought him up last week, and then Mel Tucker kind of doubled down on it, saying, like, yeah, Prim's a guy to keep your eye on. And that's interesting because I remember in the last offseason, 
there were whispers coming out of Scandalaire Center about Prim as well. Okay, but we we all saw that you know, that didn't necessarily mean that he played at all in the fall. So I'm taking this with a small grain of salt. Do I think that Davion Prim's not a good running back? No, I'm not saying that. It's just that last year, okay, we kind of heard this as well. Or if you want something on the record, I remember last year we're hearing things about Cameron Allen, and now he is the top dog in the tight end room. Not only was he never the top dog in the tight end room once the season rolled around, but he's no longer with the program. Uh, So I, I think I'm not necessarily in the wrong here for taking this with a grain of salt, but hey, Dave M. Prim wants to prove me wrong if he wants to <laughs> show out and, uh, you know, take the spot of Kenneth Walker and being that bell cow quarter, or quarterback, running back. Yeah, by all means. But, yeah, I, I just saw the quote out. And, of course, um, you know, story's got to get written about it because I saw the free press today. They said, uh, could Dave M. Prim be the guy that takes over Kenneth Walker? And, listen, I know why the story gets written. It's because Mel doesn't give you a lot. When he gives you something like that, like, makes you – stroke your beard a little bit doesn't it but I I don't know I just think that the talent of Jarek Broussard's too good I think the talent of Jalen Berger right there like those are still going to be in my mind the top two guys Eli Collins may be a little inter- interesting because his last two off seasons were so wonky Jordan Simmons maybe Harold Joyner maybe but yeah hey Davion Prim if he wants to probably I think it'd be a success for him if he is the third guy going into the season and that's not a slight because I think even the third guy this year We'll be getting a good amount of touches. It's going to be a by committee kind of ordeal for Michigan State. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be anywhere close to how good Kenneth Walker is going to be. But as a whole, maybe you could. And, and one other interesting thing that I just wanted to point out here is uh, so Mel Tucker was complimenting the linebackers, and he said that Ben Van Sumeren, who, yes, the same Ben Van Sumeren who entered the transfer portal a few weeks ago, is still practicing with the team. Still actually practicing with the team. And Mel Tucker mentioned he had a one-handed interception the other day. And uh, also Mel jokes that Van Sumeren uh, is still in the portal. But as far as he knows, uh, he was going to check on that when he went back upstairs. And that's fascinating. So, no, he hasn't left by now. But, yes, his name is still in the transfer portal. And, yes, he's still getting reps, which I think is, okay, that's that's kind of cool for Mel and the coaching staff to do. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how common of a practice that is amongst college programs. I can't imagine that's too common, but again, maybe I'm wrong, but still, regardless, uh, Ben Van Sumeren still practicing. And with that said, like he's still going to be what that sixth guy in the pecking order for linebacker. I you know, just guessing, of course, you know, things can happen over the off season, but got Jacoby Winman, Aaron Brule, both transferred in. You got Cal Halliday, Quaveras Crouch. Okay. You still have Ma'a now Toyota. Like, okay. That, that's five really either. Starters, uh, high-profile transfers, or uh, a, a second-year player in Ma'a coming back that has a really good pedigree and a really high ceiling. So, and Sumer, who did a lot of work on special teams last year, like, yeah, he was sixth. And I, I really wonder if there's going to be a push maybe him to jump back onto the offensive side of the ball because I know he did it for a little bit back in his days when he was with Michigan. And even out of high school, he was kind of recruited as this you know tight end or fullback sort of guy. Now, I'm not saying that he could replicate Connor Hayward, right? Like Connor Hayward, very good player, special player. And, you know, he had incredible hands. And But maybe could he be Connor Hayward light, for example? I don't know, similar build, six foot three. Like his metrics are great. Like he he's puts up great numbers 
in the the gym and the weight room all the time. So I don't know. Like, yeah, he's in the transfer portal, but maybe he sticks around. And if he does stick around, what will he be? I don't know. So, hey, this is some of the beautiful storylines that you get in late March during football season is what's going on with our sixth linebacker in the depth chart. So, no, I really think it's an interesting circumstance for, for a few reasons, though. So that's that's what you got here. Oh, man, as, as I notice on YouTube, I still have my stat hero graphic up. I'm going to get better at this. Today's not that day, but you know what? I strive to get better every day at gambling and the fine folks at Bet Hero, Bet Hero, BetOnline.net. How about that? BetOnline.net. They're helping me. They got great odds, great pops. They, they keep everything fun for March Madness. I thought I thought March Madness was as fun as it could possibly get. And then BetOnline.net just comes to the rescue and just God, what a hoot and a half that they have over there. Go check them out. Like I'm saying, guys. Basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four, and it will determine this year's national champion this coming week. And BetOnline is going to be that number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline is the best spot for all the sports uh, you know, developments, podcasts, reviews for all the leagues this season. They're just more than betting. They're a good news source, too. And it's not just basketball that they're just sharp on. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. It's mailbag time. And if you ever want to reach out to the mailbag, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Uh, this comes from a gentleman that came with a lot of questions. His name is Evan. Evan. Thank you so much for your questions. We're going to get to more of them uh, either tomorrow, later in this week, sometime next week. But yeah, he hit us with four great ones, ranging from, well, this one about transfers that I'm about to hit, all the way to like most underrated bar. So we'll have fun with that one later on this week. But right now, Evan wants to know, what transfer do you think will contribute the most on either side of the ball next year? Can't help but think Amir Speed is going to be a stud for us and the possibility of a first-team All-Big Ten selection. If one of the running backs even gives us half of what Kane I did last year, then we will be excellent this fall. I'm going to agree with you right off the top with Amir Speed. I, Amir Speed, I think, is going to contribute the most because, uh, well, he has to, and I think that's probably going to be an easy starting job to win. Now, another name I'll give you for kind of the same reasons that a starting job is kind of right there waiting for him as both defensive ends have left in Drew Beasley and Jacob Panashuk. Of course, I'm talking about Florida transfer Chris Boggle. Chris Boggle, I think, has the potential to have a really strong year for Michigan State. Now, I also think that this is going to be a really good indicator of how good of a coach Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman can be for Michigan State. Like, listen, Brandon Jordan coaches all world NFL players, right? Like Marco Coleman's NFL pedigree speaks for himself. They are great coaches. But I think a great experiment that they have right now is Chris Boggle, a guy who was a former top 70 recruit in the nation, comes up to East Lansing, did not have a career that he wanted to at Florida, came up here for greener pastures. Can Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman be the guys that break this horse? Can they be the guys that make him into that dominant edge rusher, that dominant pass rusher? Hey, it's a really, really good kid to start with, uh, start your tenure with, no doubt about that, and show to everyone else what you can do to someone that, well, that the coaching staff at Florida necessarily probably couldn't do. So that would be a great one, too. And also, it's it's set up for him pretty nicely, too, for Chris Boggle. 
Uh, opposite of him will be Jeff Petrowski or Tank Brown or Brandon Wright, depending on whatever um, personnel they throw out there. But also in the middle, you got some solid defensive tackles in Simeon Barrow and Jacob Slade. You also have Jalen Hunt in the mix as well. So it's a good front. So it's not like Chris Boggle will be getting like all the attention all the time. Like this is a really good situation for him. So I think Chris Boggle out of Florida is going to be my 1B guy on defense. I think 1A is Amir Speed. B, Chris Boggle on offense. Love what you're saying about the running backs, of course. Uh, even if they could just put up what half of what Kenneth Walker did, I think I'd be pretty happy. So I'll stray away from Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger, though, because we talked a little bit about them earlier this week. One name that I, you know, I'm also a firm believer in, I'm not just BSing you, giving you this name, but Daniel Barker out of Illinois, the tight end out of Illinois. I, I think he's going to be a day one starter for Michigan State. I think that's a really, really solid pickup. Maybe even kind of under the radar. I don't know. Like I, I got tight end isn't necessarily like the sexiest position or whatever, but I, I really liked what we get out of Daniel Barker and you're getting, okay, not just the guy who set the record at Illinois for most touchdowns by a tight end and uh, you know, all that good stuff. But I, I bring up that part because he's going to be a really good receiving option from the tight end position, probably the best receiving tight end since Josiah price. Maybe I don't necessarily think that's going too far. Like that's, that's seven years ago at this point, Josiah price was great. And in the meantime, like, We've had some guys that do something as well, but I think that this is the best combination of blocking and receiving that we've had at Michigan State. And this is a kid that right now, if he were to go into the draft, would have been maybe like a fringe day three draft pick. So, and that's good. Like, I know sometimes you hear like, oh, day three draft pick. Like, oh, that's not good. And like, no, that's very good, actually. That's pretty good. So we got great bones coming in in Daniel Barker. And I think that he could really help out this offense and be, a bigger impact, a bigger impact than a lot of us might know. And maybe we don't know the impact because yeah, it's been that long since we have a really, really good combination of a blocking and receiving tight end. So yeah, those are my answers for that one right there. Last but not least, we got a question from my man, Mark, and he says turf nerd question here. There are rumors that Tuck wants to convert Spartan Stadium to sports turf instead of real grass. Do you have strong feelings either way? As an alumni of the best turf grass management program in the country, this is akin to painting a block M at the 50-yard line. Does anyone else care? Let me just say you would have to be a borderline loser to care. With that said... Call me a loser, baby, because I got some opinions on this. Absolutely, I got some opinions on grass at Spartan Stadium. I am a nerd when it comes to grass. I, I'm so lame. I just, and yeah, like I'm not even using grass as like a metaphor for like pot or anything like that. Like, no, I'm not even close to being that cool. Like, I legitimately love grass. It's almost grass cutting season here in Michigan, and that that excites me. So, yeah, Mark, you're singing to the choir right now. I've got some takes on this, and I have heard the same things that you have about Tuck kind of liking the idea of AstroTurf or SportsTurf uh, at Spartan Stadium instead of that natural grass. Now, I'm all in on the grass. I'm all in on the grass uh, because, look, I, I get it from Mel Tucker's point of view, right? Uh, it, it, it's faster. The sports turf is faster. It just looks nicer uh, on TV. It pops 
You know, I'm going to uh, paraphrase a, an anecdote here, but a few years ago, there was a burger chain, I believe we'll call it Applebee's or Chili's. They spent thousands of dollars on egg wash to put on their buns. Why? Because when people would take pictures, there'd be a sheen on the bun and that would attract people to be like, oh, that looks really good. I need to get there. Kind of the same with the marketing of AstroTurf. You turn on a game that's AstroTurf, in November, that's got a certain pop to it. Like that that gleans on the television. But uh, you turn into like a November game at Michigan State with natural grass. Like it's like, oh my, this seems like industrial. This seems almost a little too blue collar. Good. It's called the woodshed for a reason. It's not called the runway. It is a gritty place. It is a grimy place. And honestly, like the grass is still in pretty good condition. It just kind of loses its green uh, when November rolls around. But no, I'm right with you. They do incredible work. Going to Michigan State and not playing on a grass field would be like visiting like the, the Culinary Institutes of America. The, the finest food program in the nation And you go to their cafeteria and you get Chef Boyardee served to you. Like, no, you can't serve me AstroTurf at Michigan State. No, 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 no. Not with the number one turf grass management uh, program in the country. Mark, I'm right with you. Keep the grass. Talk. I love you. But no, 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 no. The grass stays on Spartan Stadium. God, I love that question. I love those little trivial, especially in the offseason. Just for... We're talking grass in the offseason, baby. This is great. How much fun does this get? Um, God, love that. Let's go. Um, this is the end of the road. This is it. Uh, the, the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for going on that journey with me from the hypothetical Final Four of Michigan, Michigan State to, well, things that Coach Tucker actually said to me rambling. Rambling about grass. That's right. Uh, God, I love that. So thank you guys for all the questions. If you send them in one more time. Spartans at gmail.com. Uh, if I've not gotten to your questions yet, I'm going to try really hard to this week. Or if you have any segment ideas or anything, send them over. Hey, come on. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. We want to make it the offseason a, a fun one, as we always do. Because, hey, come on. We're, we're Spartans. We, we know how to have a good time. Yeah, I like to think so. Squad, on that note, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen locked on NFL draft. That's with Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring you the NFL draft every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you get your podcast. See you all, you lovely people tomorrow. Love you all. Go green.